The sports story everyone's talking about today is just moments away. So call or text us right now at 573-875-KTGR and make your voice heard. This is The Big Show with Andy and Brendan on KTGR. You guys should have seen Andy's face when he heard in the Sports Center update that Rob Manfred was retiring. And then the guy says, in 2029, and Andy was like, oh, okay, never mind. Dang it! Not as notable. <laughs> it's Andy, it's Brendan. We're here on the big show on this Thursday. 875-KTGR to give us a call or a text. We're going to talk some Cardinals because that's where I am down here in warm, sunny Jupiter. So in just a couple of minutes, I'll tell you more about the early look at the new pitchers that we have gotten to see the last couple of days in Jupiter. And Mosellock hinted maybe a bit at a, a six-man rotation yesterday, at least to start the season. We'll kind of shoot the breeze on that topic and see uh, whether it's viable. Also, SEC going to a nine-game schedule by 2026. We'll call this football talk at 525. That also involves the very interesting coaching move from Georgia State to South Carolina, but like not in the way that you normally think of coaches making such moves. And then at 545, we'll hear from Carrick Jackson, Mizzou baseball coach, as their season begins in earnest, I believe, tomorrow night. 875-KTGR to give us a call or a text, but first, it's 5 o'clock. It's time for the Top 5 at 5 on the Big Show, number 1. You want to trade away for curtain number 1, you can have curtain 1. We did get updates from uh, Kansas City this morning about the uh, shooting from yesterday after the Chiefs parade. One person uh, dead, unfortunately, 22 others injured. Kansas City police saying that they believe it stemmed from a dispute between several individuals. They don't believe it stemmed from uh, an act of terrorism or, or anything like that, but they are still investigating uh, the cause and motives, but that's what they believe right now is that it was a dispute between multiple individuals uh, and then multiple shots fired. Uh, one person who was detained uh, has been released. That was an adult, but two juveniles are still detained uh, as suspects following the shooting. Again, we'll continue to keep you updated on anything happening from uh, the aftermath of the Chiefs uh, parade a deadly shooting from yesterday. Number two. Number two. Your timing is impeccable. And uh, as Brendan mentioned, it's kind of interesting. The SEC, they were trying to decide whether or not a nine-game schedule was possible for uh, maybe the immediate future. It's not going to work out for next season. It's still only eight games. But Texas Athletic Director Chris Del Conte says that the SEC is working on getting to a nine-game schedule by 2026. That would seem like a natural time to do it. Maybe up that up to 2025 so you can catch up with most of the other uh, power conferences that will still be around. I don't know, but that's an interesting thing to monitor in the days to come. Number three. There's Uh, Mizzou baseball, schedule change for them for their uh, first games of the season. They're in California right now in San Luis Obispo, but weather is affecting their four-game series to start the season against Cal Poly. Instead of playing the final game of the series on Monday, they will instead have a doubleheader tomorrow, 4 o'clock first pitch for that first game, and then the second game to immediately follow. Saturday and Sunday for now appear to be unchanged, but the change is that there is a doubleheader Friday and no game on Monday. You can hear all of those games on KTGR.com and a special streaming link that you'll be able to find all this weekend. Number three. There's three. Yes. I can't count. Number four. four. Oh, I shanked it. Sean Elliott. He was the head coach at Georgia State, but now he's going to be an assistant coach for South Carolina. 
Georgia State had already started spring practice, and now all of a sudden they need a new head coach. They've suspended spring ball for now and the spring game. Very interesting move by a, a head coach going to an assistant job in the SEC, and I'm still trying to figure it out. Number five. What is the five fingers? Say to the face! Stop. I think we can all agree if the new EA College football game doesn't release on GameCube, we riot! That's the Big Show's Top 5 at 5 on KTGR. 875-KTGR if you want to call or text us. Andy's over here like, do they have N64 for digital? Where is, is there that? A, can I get an HDMI for my N64, please? Right. I need to... I need to be. I gotta to get date. some upgrade on the cables here. What's going on? <laughs> Your brother David did text us that did, GameCube yeah. concept. Thank you, David, for that's uh, funny for, for the content. What was <laughs> your What was your go to? Like of all the, because we're like listing all the vintagey, it's almost game still consoles. my go to today. today. Now look, I haven't. Uh, I can't remember the last time I played a video game. Being a new dad kind of changes that sometimes. 3, that's what you're gonna tell me. It was not. No. Oh. Um, Xbox. The Xbox 360 I still Xbox. have. Nice. I still have nice. and sometimes break out to play some FIFA, but. Because um, <laughs> that was going to be my next question. Yeah. Like, what I are mean, you possibly that, So that's what I that? play FIFA on. And again, I have a FIFA game that's 10 years old, and that's all I've got. Um, you don't have like an old college football that's still kicking no, I around? Do. No, I okay. do. On GameCube. That's what I have. And, and Oh, you weren't kidding. No, I'm serious. I thought it was. I thought we were doing a bit <laughs> no like that's that's where i played college football i'm serious man uh, <laughs> i look i've I, I have played on the other oh, uh, no. consoles before like playstation or, or xbox and uh, but it's always been just Game in Cube. short <laughs> yeah man what what year is that like an oh five what's it's the... a, i believe it is a 2003 so that was 2K3 is that was 2000 it 2K? the 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 game itself says yeah. 2003 but you know it's a year in advance right, right. And they, so, they branded but was there. it still EA Sports what it was, was the, yeah, okay. yeah it was still EA Sports okay so that was the 2002 season That's so and I'm going through on you know Mizzou Brad Smith I believe is a sophomore <laughs> I'm He's winning long since retired from the NFL right. I'm I'm winning the Heisman every year with Zach Abron I've got like <laughs> Gary Pinkle every season is the coach of the year because like uh, nobody expects Missouri to now, do anything. And now then, hold on, let's see, let's let's figure this out. How do you get it to say Gary Pinkle? Because well, it like, doesn't. It doesn't say Gary Pinkle. It okay, says Missouri coach, but you know who it is. <laughs> Listen, because what I would do is I think I have 2012, maybe okay. NCAA yeah. football, whatever the second to last one is. I don't remember if that was 12 or 13. <laughs> It might have been 13. That would have been then, 13. Because the last so 14, one was 14. 14 now, it'll, this will change in a matter of months. But to go online and find a copy of 14, it would be like 80 bucks or more. Like they're, they're a valued commodity because yeah. it's the most recent one. I always would play 13. Never did happen to buy the last one. Didn't know it was the last year. Or I probably would have. But I'm telling you. It's been how many years that our friend Zach has said, hey, I've got a copy. I can just give it to you because I have the digital copy and the the, the physical disc. I could just send you the disc. And I'm not 100% sure, but I don't think he's ever done it. And I still give him crap from time to time. I don't Where's know if he's listening. Man? Hopefully yeah. he listens to the show at some point and, and will realize that I'm calling him out publicly again. But I guess he's off the hook if I get the new one here in about six months or whatever it is. That's funny, man. GameCube. 
That's so good. Because, like, on the NCAA 2013, you can at least go online to, like, roster resource, yes. whatever the heck it right. is, Operation yep. Sports, and there's these mega nerds, and God bless them. But they'll they'll tell you how to download the certain, because unlike GameCube, my PlayStation 3 does have the capacity to utilize the Internet, like only right. barely. Yeah, yeah. And so you can download, and it'll be the real players, even though that was sort of the whole name, image, image and likeness, why they <laughs> wanted right. yeah. to not do yeah. the games in the well. first place. But people will do those sorts of things, so at least like you've, you've got an idea for the players. Right. Yeah. You can't possibly begin to do that on GameCube. It's well, no, what I game. do is I just look up the 2002 roster of Mizzou football. <laughs> All right, who's 38? Oh, that's Zach Abron. Who, All right. Who's HB number four? HB what is going- number, yeah. <laughs> Wide receiver number 12. Oh, that's Justin Gage. All right, oh, I've got so him. that's so funny. I've got, uh, yeah, and Brad I have Smith. to look up the oh, 2002 yeah. Mizzou football team. Just to yeah. just to know no, what the, life yeah, is like right. for Andy playing. No, that was uh, that, that's been that's been what I what I do when I have a whole lot of free time. I just David go H play, wasn't yeah. lying. He really Andy really uh, yeah. does this. I mean, again, uh, sometimes when I'm when I was in college a little bit, I would like rage play. I don't know who who would it be? <laughs> South Carolina, right? When after a rough loss oh uh, you just, just beat him by 100 but 2002 mizzou runs it up on 2002 south carolina by like 50 points or whatever it is every year like if i start That's a season so you're beating up on ball state and troy and bowling green like it was all mac like it, it was all just the mac and in illinois in non-con for uh for mizzou football back then Oh, man, that's one of the funnier things that I have heard in in quite some time. But, hey. GameCube. (laughs) It still works. Why not? Fire it up. 875-KTGR. Call or text us uh, with your thoughts on any of that. Well, the Cardinals, I mean, from what I've told, I don't know how to transition. I was just trying to. No, because I just busting out laughing because of you saying that. Call or text us if you have thoughts on me playing GameCube. In 2002, I'm looking at the Maybe 2002 roster. There was a tight end named Ben Fredrickson, but it's not the same one that I know, <laughs> who also went to Mizzou. The, the post-dispatch yeah. columnist also yeah. went to Mizzou. I don't believe you he sure? was a. I don't believe he was a Mizzou tight end, and you I sure? also don't. I also don't think the years are quite right okay, on right. on that. But that is that's funny. Okay, that's the last thing I'm going to laugh about with the GameCube thing. I don't have to keep laughing about this necessarily. Yeah. Maybe there's a caller here that wants to add oh, some no. perspective. We're never uh, getting to Sunny yeah, Gray. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're on the KTGR hotline. Hello. Who's this? Hey, it's Josh. Josh, what you got? So there's no shame at all. I have a refurbished Xbox 360. I bought it Best Buy for like 70 bucks, probably close to 15, 16 years ago now, and I still play NCAA 14 on it. I'm in the dynasty yeah. in, like, year 2080, and it's amazing. There's nothing wrong with that at all. 20, I am wait. totally with you. Whoa. Josh, Josh, does your coach live that long? Like, how does that uh, even happen? He has outlived all of Joe Paterno's records. We'll just say oh, that. Oh, man. so. He's been coaching for 70 years. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so good. Appreciate the call, Josh. You're on the big show. I mean, it's 2080. I'm like, dude, mathematically, I just don't, I just, that's not adding up. I guess, let's say he inherits an up and coming group of five program 
that has like a like a I don't know, like a Sean McVay. I don't know who the who the parallel <laughs> know, is man. to college yeah, football, just, but yeah. you know, a thirty two year old head coach and he lives to be a hundred and two. I guess he could coach for that long. That's funny. I always got bored of the dynasties after like a few recruiting classes. Yeah, like I want my incoming freshman. Now I'm gonna really like I would always pick a couple guys that I would really cherish, and I'd be like, we're getting this guy some stats. And then he would graduate, and it would, you kind of would have to move on. I will say, the one thing that could get me roped back into the entire universe of NCAA football, Madden, the whole bit, if they do a good job with being able to transfer your, like, created player from the NCAA game to, like, a Madden franchise, don't talk about all this online stuff. I don't care about that. I want to play the Dynasty mode offline just like we did 10 years ago. But then I want to, there's the road to glory mode, right? Where you have your player that you, it's like you're him and you yeah. create the guy. But in the, in the old NCAA, you could transfer it to that year's Madden. And, you know, that guy is now a, a pro player and it just would connect. If they find a way to make that happen, they might have my money. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I mean they could it do was... it 10 years ago, so I don't see why they couldn't do it now. Yeah. I'm sure they've thought of it at the very least. It's got to happen at some point. But I mean, <laughs> Give us your stories, I guess, of uh, old vintage 2080. video games. There are people out there like us. There are people out there I, yeah. just like us. Josh calling in. Josh calling in. Yeah. Larry has the... called in, too. Okay. Let's get let's to Larry go. here on the KTGR <laughs> hotline. Larry, what's up? Hey, how you guys doing today? Good. So, I, I just had to call in. Uh, don't feel bad about the Game Boy or the um, the uh, N. I don't. Uh, the, uh, I don't. I'm proud of it. Oh, good, because... I'll, I'll one up you. I have an N64, but I also have an old Game Boy, a Game Boy Color, and the old Game Boy DSs that weren't oh, yeah. 3D. Absolutely. So, but I also played the Pokemon games. So that's my that's my that's crush. what those were really for. Yeah, right? baby. Yeah, that was now the we're big really one. talking. Yeah, appreciate the call, Larry. Here on the Big Show KTGR. Yeah, and man. That- I uh, my my son, my one year old son, actually, just the other day, my Game Boy Color was like. Pokemon Red version original inside the Game Boy Color, and I was like, here. And he was just, like, running around trying to put it in his mouth. I'm like, okay, don't do that. But that's just kind of interesting to think about that people out there. I mean, that was when we were kids, you know, and now that's kind of, like, totally a vintage consideration. Yeah. If you really wanted to, you could play, a you know, a game on your phone just the same way. But it was cooler when you had – to have a console and hold it in your hand, and it's not like an emulator on your phone. Take it with Those you. Those are the days. You gotta like store it away in like a special, you know, package, and you're That's like right. slinging over your shoulder. You're like, yeah, got my Game That's Boy. Exactly right. There we go. Ready to play some Pokemon. Speaking hey, of which, yeah. Speaking of which, Cardinals. That's what we were getting to, wasn't right? It? I no, think I was. It was. Gonna, I was gonna delay Sunny Gray even further. <laughs> I, did you ever play? Did you ever play that Retro Bowl college game that? I think producer Chris turned me onto it one day, like a year ago on the show, and it was the worst thing he could have done for me. Because it's just like an app on your phone, and you can unlock all the features for like a dollar ninety nine or something really cheap. And like, it's basically the college football game, but just like a, you know, like a like a retro bowl version of it. And so I I spent a lot of hours on that. But that's the last thing. I'll talk about Sunny <laughs> Gray. I promise. We just you know sometimes we get lost in ourselves. Sometimes we got to talk about video games. I mean, and, and today was that day. Today was that day. And again, the we're getting, needed it. We're getting older, it. right? So it's yeah. like, you know, it's getting more and more oh. vintage. The more that we... You want to hear an example of us getting older? I um, 
I'm down here at spring training, right? And when you're watching the Cardinals on the backfields, you might be inclined to just kind of stand and watch for a while. You're not really walking around unless you need to go to another field to see something that you needed. And so you're just kind of standing still. Two days in a row, my my lower back kind of stiffens up on me. Uh, I think that might be an age thing, Andy. I was uh, told that I guarantee you it is. Someone asked, "Are you are you turning thirty soon?" Like, yeah. Well, it looks like your gift came early. So, I guess that's just part of growing up, getting older. Oh, standing for just a long time watching one thing, yes, and, and then causes back pain if you do right, if you don't yeah. move around. Yeah, yeah. So there are people listening right now that are like, "God, you youngster!" But it's like. Yeah, call yeah. in and make me feel good about myself. <laughs> right. You know who's older than me, though, but can can be a lot more effective Before on a pitching mound? Nasty, uh, Sonny Grider. <laughs> <laughs> there it was. We finally there found we go. it. Finally That's found the transition. the transition that we need. There we go. That's called a professional segue. I mean. In the biz. It only took us 13 minutes, if we're being honest. Like, pretty good. Pretty good. I'll take it. Sonny Gray. He's going to have a... One five ERA, three hundred strikeouts, and uh, that. all that stuff. That. Right? Yeah, that's didn't say that. that. Yeah, didn't say that. that. Right? Nope. Yeah. Nope. Did uh, not no, say book that. It. But book it right now. Here's what I will say about Sonny Gray. We've heard all of these things about clubhouse culture and the leadership element of what the Cardinals are trying to do to improve upon losing ninety one games last year. And Sonny Gray had his press conference, and like he's getting paid money. You know, a three-year contract. He was second-place finisher in the Cy Young vote last year in the American League. Like, a good pitcher at the top of his game. Yeah, he's 34 years old, so you say, could he kind of wear down as his career goes along? Maybe. But, like, feel pretty good about where he's at right now. But, like, until you see it in person, you don't necessarily fully appreciate exactly what the Cardinals were getting at when they said, this is a, you know, this is a guy who's competitive and he's intense and all these things. We heard it. Today I got to see it, Andy. And I'll tell you this about his reputation, it 100% matched what I saw in reality. This guy was out there throwing a bullpen today. The first full bullpen, I think he threw a, a few pitches on Tuesday, but this was like the legit bullpen session. He's got Lance Lynn to one side of him, Ryan Helsley to the other side. Um, the first pitching group of the day to go. Helsley and Lynn looked good. They both threw their bullpens, Andy, and then they were both done with their bullpens. That was the point at which Sonny Gray, throwing all the while, Tells the catcher, okay, left, right, left, right. And we're like, I'm like, what's going on? He's going to face four imaginary batters, and he's going to, on each pitch, say, I want this slider to be inside to the left-handed batter, and then we're going to go outside. He's like, it reminded me of you're at the line of scrimmage in the Super Bowl, and Mahomes is barking out the signals and telling everybody where to be. He's the mic. He's, Sonny Gray is doing this with that same level of intensity day one of spring training. It was a sight to behold. It was captivating. Like he is a presence that is unmistakable in camp where you go, oh, I see it now. I see what the Cardinals were seeing in this guy when, when they said, hey, we need a guy that's got a little bit of an edge, but a guy that goes about it the right way. You can't be a, a pitcher on the St. Louis Cardinals this year and not notice, oh, Sonny Gray, there's something different about what he does. And now is everybody going to be Sonny Gray and, and carry themselves? No, he's his own personality. But yeah. that. I think he's got kind of a style, Andy, that can be infectious. And so for all the leadership stuff and the stuff that we talk about that isn't ERA and strikeouts and innings, like the stats of it all, I can kind of see. I got a glimpse today where I'm like, you know what? I do see a little bit what the Cardinals were looking at when it comes to Sonny Gray. And again, when when he was signed, we're like, okay, that's that's what they need to do. 
but it was almost like checking a box. You're not really, it, it was more, I, I, not to say underwhelming, but it wasn't maybe what folks wanted because of maybe what was out there. And the Cardinals like, go get Aaron Nola. Spend all the money. Do that. And then you didn't get him. And then you're like, okay, Sonny Gray. It's like you went through maybe a couple of guys that you wanted as your first choice before you got to Sonny Gray as your ace. And then that's maybe what waters down the whole, oh, my goodness, the Cardinals got Sonny Gray. What a big boost to their rotation, right? It was, the, it was misplaced expectations. Yes. And here's the other thing. What do we do when any team signs a guy and we see what the contract numbers are? What's the first thing we do? We Google him. Because we go, yeah, I know Sonny Gray, or I, I know this player. I, I have an idea in my head of what he is. Let's go look at his stats. What's he been up to? And you go, holy smokes, he had a great 2023. And then you look back and go, he had some solid years before that. But, you know, some were better than others. But, yeah, yeah he's coming off a career year. Yeah, they're probably overpaying him, right, because he just is It's the best he's ever been. So you're probably paying for past performance, maybe more so. Than if you, you kind of make up in your mind what a guy is because of what you see on a baseball reference page. And today was a reminder for me anyway that's like, you can't do that because there's more that goes on than that. And, like, I get it. There's going to be people who who hear me say this and go, whatever. Dude's just bragging. He gets to be a spring training. Like, we get it. Shut up already. <laughs> like, I, I get that that might be somebody's reaction. But I'm just here to say, like, I, I'm, I'm thinking the Cardinals were onto something with this guy. I'm a believer. It's not that I was a doubter before today. But you get a sense for, like, okay, Last year, things went a certain way, and what are we going to do to try and adjust? It's like bringing a guy like Sonny Gray that sets the tone. He's a tone setter. Bringing a guy like Kyle Gibson, former Mizzou Tiger, that is a veteran, been around the block, and when he throws a bullpen session yesterday with Wilson Contreras, you can see the interaction between pitcher and catcher after the fact and just the way that those guys are – got a chance to ask Kyle Gibson about it today and just the – the, the way that they're on the same page or they really want to be and they want to make each other better, it's like Wilson Contreras didn't really get a full opportunity, Andy, to do that last spring because half his pitchers were at the WBC when he was here in camp just trying to learn the ropes of this organization. I just think they're in such a better position to succeed. And, again, I'm not going to give Moselak all his flowers before they even play a game, but, like, I can see what the the impetus behind the plans was I can see there was a strategy that was executed, and now we'll see whether it's enough. But I, I think they had purpose behind what they were doing, and getting to see Sonny Gray in action is another way to kind of kind of realize that. Cardinal fans, get down to Jupiter if you ever get a chance, man. Just it's come on the backfields yeah. and check it out. Yeah, It's just such a cool environment to see baseball from a different view. It's such a great experience, especially early on in the process. You know, when when right early on when the games are happening, like – Late February, early March. Honestly, for me, it's right now. It's these next two weeks, yeah. the week and a half before games, because at least at Cardinals camp, I don't know how they set it up everywhere, but it's so accessible here at Cardinals camp where I'm I'm saying, hey, I'm right behind the fence. I'm three feet behind the catcher, and there's a chain link fence between me and the catcher, and Sonny Gray is firing one at 95 right, right in front of my face. The Cardinal fans that are down here are just six, eight, ten feet away from where I'm standing. It's not like it's just like this this media access thing, and that's the only people that get to see anything. Cardinal fans are right up. It's it is a perspective on baseball that you'll never get. Not that I'm trying to like, you know, the the the, the county of Jupiter needing my tourism dollars or whatever. But I'm just saying for Cardinal fans that think that's a, a thing that might be cool, it is to, it will change your perspective a hundred percent on the game.
it's definitely a pilgrimage that you, if you're, if you call yourself a baseball fan, you got to make at some point, either to Florida, if your team's in Florida or if your team's in Arizona, wherever it may be, I can't speak to Arizona, but I'm sure it's great. I've heard it's better and, than yeah, the Florida one, actually, yeah, I mean, because but, all the stadiums are within like 15 minutes. Yeah, it's, it's all close together and, and Florida is all spread out, but both places, very good uh, baseball meccas to, uh, to go and experience uh, if you get the chance. 875-KTGR, tell us your Cardinals thoughts. What do you think about these early uh, pitchers or early looks at the new pitchers that are coming in? And uh, we'll talk more uh, Cardinals coming up next. We'll also talk about the the report coming from, I believe, The Athletic. If I'm wrong on that, I apologize. But it appears that we have a, a target for when the SEC will move to a nine-game conference schedule in football. With Texas and Oklahoma coming in next year, it's not going to happen next year, but when will it happen? We'll talk about that coming up next year on The Big Show. You're listening to The Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. Cardinal Spring Training underway. Tell us your thoughts on the new pitchers that are trying to get back in shape with their new team, the Cardinals. 875-KTGR uh, with Andy and Brendan here. Brendan uh, joining us from Florida, where he'll be for the next couple of weeks. This was also, uh, I guess, somewhat interesting. It, I know there were folks on Twitter that took it a little out of context, but Derek Gould of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch uh, with a story that he had, I believe, yesterday talking about uh, the Cardinals and, and John Mozeliak indicating that, look, start of the season, late March into early April, probably going to see a six-man rotation to start. And, uh, well, that made folks say, well, who's the six starter? They don't have six starters. It's not necessarily more about that saying that they're going to do it for a long part of the season. It's just how the schedule works out, and they want to try and make sure that the, the load on these guys isn't so big either. Yeah, and, and I'm trying to remember back. I'm think, I think if I recall, it was actually Ollie that we were talking to. About okay, this. all right. Sorry, my bad. But I, I was trying to dig back for the quote in my notes um, all he said, there are different ways we think about it internally. Usually guys are on a six day rotation leading into the start of the year. Um, different way if we've mapped it out as we get closer, we'll see where it's at health wise and make a decision. It doesn't seem like it is a guarantee that they'll do it, but the schedule starts off in such a way that may, it may just benefit them to not, cause look, it's going to be really important to have the starting five that they're planning on, be able to carry them a long way. But you've also got guys like Libertor and Thompson where you got to kind of decide, like, if one of them is going to be a starter or maybe both of them are going to be starters, do you, it's hard to stash guys like that at AAA, but it's also hard to just stash them in the major league bullpen and then ask them to become starting depth later or not built up. So the Cardinals are going to kind of – they're going to let this out, and I think both are going to be used as starters in camp. They're going to be built up for innings – as Ollie put it, and they're going to be ready to, you know, potentially step in if needed, if somebody should should become injured to the main rotation. But I don't know. I don't know if they'll go six-man or not, but if they do, the point is it's probably a temporary fix right, just right. because of the beginning of the schedule. Yeah, and then they'll go to five, which is going to be their plan for all season, and that'll be just fine. But, yeah, that was mostly what that was about, and so – We'll see what the Cardinals ultimately decide with how their schedule sets up. 875-KTGR, text us your Cardinals thoughts uh, here on the big show at uh, 533. How about this? The Athletic reporting the other day. SEC is likely to stay with an eight 
six-game football schedule for the 2025 season, but that could be the final year before going to nine games, according to Texas Athletic Director Chris Del Conte, who was speaking at a town hall event on Tuesday night. This story from Seth Emerson of The Athletic. And uh, says that they're working on the nine-game schedule, but have a ways to go with that. And um, and that's really the plan. So the next two years, of course, we know next year definitely uh, is an right. eight-game schedule. 2025 was kind of the hope. Like, okay, there's still a possibility for that to happen, to expand to nine games. Uh, Del Conte here saying probably not going to happen. But 2026 could be the target year. So what do we think about that? Good. Sooner the better, right? I think so. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because, again, it's, I think it would be much better. I I was kind of holding out hope for 2025, but, again, you're talking about there aren't too many of these that would be a huge roadblock, but it's just the sheer volume of contracts that you got to get out of for non-conference uh, matchups that all of these schools have booked out for several years. And, and again, it's not like any one of them would be a huge hindrance. It's just that you have to see a large volume of them get broken up. Because I know Mizzou is, has got four non-con opponents for at least the next couple of years. And so you, you're kind of wondering how you balance that going forward and and what, what each school is able to uh, accommodate so that a nine-game schedule can happen. But, yeah. The, the, the SEC can survive without it for a couple of years, but at some point you do have to adapt when everyone else is doing it. Yeah, and I think, too, by then we'll have a better idea for how the 12-game playoffs get, system is going to work out. There might be some trepidation among SEC schools to say, hey, do we need to kind of make life harder on ourselves adding an extra conference game? And we know it's a loaded conference, so that, that probably means a more difficult schedule. Do we need to do that right away before we kind of get our bearings with this 12-team playoff format? I wonder if that's part of the reason or if it's just like you said, the contracts are already written out for a lot of those non-con games. And so it just makes it simpler to say, hey, everybody's kind of got notice that this is coming. Don't overbook yourself because you're not going to have the opportunity to play as many non-con games in 2026. I think it's good because it's good for fans, first of all, because we get to see probably more compelling games. Um, does this mean that some teams will probably do away altogether with the idea that they're going to play a tough non-con team? Yeah, probably. If the rules in, in the respective conferences allow for it. You know, right now I think it's they want you to play a, a, a Power 5 opponent in the non-con, but it's it's not really going to be a priority, I wouldn't think, once you go to nine, wouldn't you say? Or do you think Maybe. they would keep that? I, I think they'd probably keep it. Uh, what's going to be sacrificed are some of the smaller ones, I think. Now, just to give perspective, Mizzou has four non-conference opponents booked every year from now through 2031. So they got to do some shuffling. Um, if okay. That, what where, ends up happening. Where do you find that? Right? Like, I mean, there's... There's Illinois State on there. I mean, there's Troy, Pine Bluff, Northern Illinois. I don't know. It's going to be a, a weird puzzle to try and put together because some of these are multiple years. It's not years. that weird. So, yeah, but some of them are not that weird. No. Like, there's not a reason in the freaking world that Missouri should be traveling to Northern Illinois in 2029. Nuke that game into the sun. We We don't need that. 
Yeah, it's Absolutely. a home and home. The twenty-eight and twenty-nine. That's you've got, pathetic. Yeah. We just pay the money and get out of both of them if you have to, because you don't need the home game either, right? Based on only having to go down right. to three. Yeah. Scheduling a home and home with Northern Illinois should have been a fireable offense. Oh God! I'm sorry. Oh, man. No, that is some of the worst athletic directoring I I could imagine. It's almost as bad as giving Travis Ford a, like a ten million dollar buyout at SLU. Oh, no, but that's, that's another bad. thing. That's bad. I think that's kind of basically confirmed at this point that that's what that's what they that's did. What the but anyway, is. that's why they can't fire him. Basically, yeah. well, they they're going to have to fire him. That SLU is having a, a a bad year like Mizzou. Again, this is the year to play. The, the play the game because <laughs> right. neither team is having a, a very yeah, good time. We'll see. Man, 2032, Mizzou has to go to Kansas and to Illinois. That's, that's the that's the setup, at least for now. And I don't see those changing, by the way. No, I, I don't either. Those you keep, right? Bro, that's going to be a tough year. Not that any of those, either of those teams are like great, but those are two rivalry games. Yeah. Who knows how they'll be in eight years. That's a little tricky. No, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting how they, they handle it. And that's just Mizzou, by the way. Uh, all the other SEC schools got to figure that out too. But um, the, you know what's interesting? And I'm I'm not going to say we know for sure, but like there could be a chance that one of the ones that get they have to kind of renege on is the is one of those rivalry series because they play Illinois like a bunch. I wouldn't. I'm not Illinois saying Illinois on there quite a bit. Yeah, they're on there a ton. And like with Illinois and Kansas being there in s- some of the same seasons, I hope that, that sticks. It'll be a tough year to get you know, 10 wins or whatever, it'll be a tough year to maybe Mizzou has a down year. Like, it's so far in the future. But I don't want to see losing rivalry games so that we can see them play Northern Illinois. I'd rather have the tougher schedule and get to play some compelling games each weekend. And I think that's what the nine-game schedule is all about in the SEC. That's why they're going to have to go to You're going to accomplish that no matter what. So we'll we'll see that at some point. Texas AD says maybe 2026. That's what they're working on. Again, it's nothing really official, but um, obviously something fun to think about. Give us your thoughts. Uh, when could you want to see the SEC move to nine games uh, for a conference schedule? Eight seven five fifty eight forty seven. Up next, Mizzou baseball season starts tomorrow with a doubleheader in California to preview the season. Head coach Carrick Jackson, first-year head coach for Mizzou baseball, joins us to talk about his team and what to expect early on. That's all next after this live local sports center. You're listening to the Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. Back here on the Big Show, KTGR, KTGR.com, and the KTGR app. Andy Humphrey here. It is nearly Mizzou baseball season. The Tigers are starting their uh, 2024 campaign on the road in San Luis Obispo, California, with a four-game series at Cal Poly to start things out. That'll be Friday through Monday this weekend as Mizzou baseball uh, ventures on into a new season with a new head coach, Carrick Jackson. He joins us here on the KTGR hotline here on the big show uh coach thanks for taking the time and i know uh you're just as excited as anybody for uh for the start of this year and how how have the guys kind of re- responded to these last few weeks as the games get closer and closer no i appreciate you having me on i mean i think the first is as you well know just the fact that we've been outside for the last two weeks or so um this time of year to be able to be outside and practice instead of being in the divine um, has been awesome um, because it's, it's something that doesn't no- normally happen, uh, you know, in this part of the country during this time of the year. So they're really fired up and um, ready to get out there and get after it. 
I'm sure they are. And, of course, uh, you know, we can kind of rewind here a little bit. You took this job in June. Uh, and, of course, uh, it used to be an assistant coach here. And uh, you bring in some familiar faces, too, to, to, to help you out with uh, the process. I'm sure, though, even though you're coming back to a familiar place, it's in a, a very different role. And I'm sure that changes how you kind of approached it. So this off season, what was it like to, uh, uh, to kind of build the roster back and uh, try to uh, put together uh, the pieces to, uh, to have a strong first year? Yeah, you know, that, that part on the recruiting piece is a little bit tougher just because um, prior to them changing some rules, the recruiting cycle is usually two to three years ahead. And so we kind of came in behind on that a little bit and tried to pick up some pieces in the portal that we think we picked up some good guys there um, that we think are going to be able to come in and help us for this year. And um, and then as you look forward to the future recruiting classes, we're able to do some things with some of the guys, the 24s that are coming in and establishing 25s. But with regards to this year's roster, yeah, I think we picked up a couple pieces. Um, you know, Jedi Hernandez is transferring from Fe- Seton Hall. Danny Corona, uh, who's transferring from Wake Forest. Um, we brought in, um, you know, a, a young man, Jared Curtis, who's transferring over from uh, Texas Tech. Uh, and we think those guys have a chance to come in and, and hopefully have an instant impact and help us out right away. Eric Jackson, Mizzou baseball coach, joining us here on the big show, KTGR and KTGR.com, as the Tigers get set for their first few games this weekend at Cal Poly. Uh, and so uh, to, to to be able to have uh, that early on and uh, to also mix in some young guys there, I'm sure these first few games will be uh, very interesting to see how uh, you know lineups and, I guess, uh, uh, pitching rotations shake out. But just that when you get closer to this time of year, what's kind of the, the mindset that you instill in guys? when they you know, go out there and a lot of time they're playing for playing time, but they're also trying to win and trying to better themselves too. Well, the, the one thing that we've kind of been trying to emphasize with our guys is don't get focused on production, right? We're, we're playing in the one, one, you're playing one of the toughest games out there to play. Two, you're playing in the toughest conference in the country. Um, and so we want to focus on our guys just being consistent with their approach and how they go about their business, uh, making sure that we make the main thing the main thing, which is just handling the routine. Throw strikes, play good defense, have quality of bats, play the game hard. Uh, and if you do that, then everything else will take care of itself. And so just, again, trying to get our guys to understand that. And, and it's easier for me to say tougher for them to do um, because they look too many times they look externally for for approval and success, and we're trying to get them to look internally and put the emphasis on the things that they're in direct control of. For sure. Looking at some of the uh, the, the returners that you have from uh, uh, from the infield, of course, Trevor Austin, a uh, local product, uh, uh, could be a very uh, big piece for you uh, going forward on the infield. You talked about some of the transfers that you might add into the mix, but uh, as far as, you know, uh, how you kind of handle uh, lineup construction very early on, what are some of the things that, that you look for when uh, you're trying to get guys' experience out there, but also looking for some of the best combinations for games going forward? I think the biggest thing when you talk about the lineup piece of it is you got to first look to defense. It's a pitching and defensive base league. Um, so who are the guys that we can put out there that are going to put us in a position that we're not giving teams extra bases and extra outs. Uh, and then from an offensive perspective, um, college baseball is about scoring runs, not getting hits. Um, so who's going to give you the most quality at bats? Who's going to get on base? Who's going to be able to move those guys over? And who's going to be able to drive those guys in? Um, and when you're when a pitching heavy league and, again, a defensive dominant league, um, the idea of being able to put together quality at bats um, becomes key because over the course of the year, those things will add up and put us in a really good position. But we told our guys, again, the emphasis in college baseball scoring runs. 
Um, and so we have to manufacture and figure out the best way for us to score runs and what is the best combination of nine that we can put in there that will allow us to do that. Eric Jackson, Mizzou baseball coach, joining us here on the big show, KTGR and KTGR.com. Tigers start the season this Friday at Cal Poly. Uh, Pitching-wise, I I know that can also kind of be a a little bit of mix and match, uh, especially early in the season. Uh, Logan Lunsford, uh, a big young returner uh, for you this year. Of course, some experience in the bullpen, although uh, they had dealt with health issues the last uh, couple of seasons, so trying to get as as healthy as possible. What's the the best way you see kind of managing that early on uh, knowing the guys are, are working back and also just wanting to make sure that you, uh, that again, you're, you're trying to put the guys in the best spots. Yeah. I think the key to that is what you said first and foremost is the health aspect. Um, we're still dealing with some of those uh, previous injuries from before. So kind of slowly um, getting those guys back into the fold and getting them healthy. And, and then again, kind of the same thing is, we talk about on the offensive side of things is making sure guys can go out and control what they can control. Um, and that's, that's throwing strikes and putting us in a position to get outs. Um, you know, again, I think pitchers that everybody wants to get the strikeout, the strikeout is sexy. Um, for me, there's nothing more sexy on defense than out. I uh, don't care how we get it, but just as long as we get the out. And so putting that emphasis on our guys, attack the zone, put the pressure of the plate on the hitters and put ourselves in a good position where you give our defense an opportunity to stay locked in and play behind you. And we minimize any free bases that the other team could get. Carrick Jackson, Mizzou baseball coach here on the big show, KTGR. So uh, again, these first few games, uh, you'll, you'll have a couple of weekends in California to spend uh, a four game series against uh, Cal Poly, which I'm sure, you know, get, facing the exact same opponent four times in a row certainly gets you uh, ready for games later on in the season to make adjustments against the same kind of team uh, and things like that. And then you'll play in a, in a classic, uh, uh, the Tony Gwynn legacy classic coming up in San Diego the next weekend, but just to, you know, go out on the road, uh, see what your team looks like again, a variety of different opponents. I guess what gets you uh, a, a little intrigued about what that could look like before you, you come home for your first few games at Taylor Stadium? Yeah, I think, you know what, we've been scrimmaging against each other now since the fall, and I think our guys are ready to go out uh, and see somebody else in the dugout. Um, but what we talked to them about, again, is we're not playing the beauty of the game of baseball is you're not playing the game against the other team. You're playing the game against the game itself. Um, the other team doesn't impact our ability to throw strikes. The other team doesn't impact our ability to play good defense. Um, and so there's certain times in the game where the things that are supposed to happen and who executes those things the best ultimately puts them in a position to win. You're in the eighth inning. It's a nothing-nothing score. Nobody's been scoring runs. You got the go-ahead run on second base. Um, you know it's an obvious uh, sacrifice bunt situation. They know we're going to bunt. We know we're going to bunt. Um, who executes their side of that the best? If we do what we're supposed to do, we get the bunt down. They take the out at first base, uh, then game on. Now you got a runner at third base with less than two outs. Well, who's going to be able to do what they need to do to get that run across? And so as long as our guys can stay focused on the idea that we are playing the game against the game itself, um, then I think we're going to put ourselves in a really good situation. And, of course, uh, with, with those games uh, coming up this weekend, then you'll have your first few home games after that, and then pretty soon conference play will begin. Uh, and we talked about the season sneaking up on us. That conference play will kind of do the same thing in mid-March. And, and of course, you know, with uh, the, the Tigers being in the SEC, and you experience this as, as an assistant coach, but uh, with the struggles they, they had had trying to, you know, uh, climb up some of those standings and how tough it can be in a league like this. But what, what do you envision, especially when you – you took the job last summer. What's kind of the way that you envision uh, Mizzou uh, trying to rise up uh, eventually, maybe this year or in years to come? 
Well, I think the biggest thing is we have to get back the toughness that existed and made the place what it is. Um, you know, like you said, my last year here, here in 2015, we won six out of 10 weekends. Uh, we were ranked as high as 12th in the country. Um, and we had a number of, um, you know, our rotation from that year, which were all, you know, minus Tanner Houck, uh, which were all no-name guys, ended up pitching in the big leagues. Um, and so being able to put ourselves in a position where we embody what being a Tiger is all about, what it means to represent the black and gold. And when you go back in the history of the program, Big 8, Big 12, SEC, we've never had the best of anything. But we've always had people that had the chip on their shoulder that believed we were just as good as anybody else in the country, and we went out and played the game well. And that's why you had a team run off seven consecutive regionals. That's why we went to back-to-back Big 12 championships and won uh, the second year. And while we were in 2015, we did win six out of ten weekends, and, and we were ranked um, and so we have to get that edge back. Um, and that's going to take some time um, in changing the culture and getting them to understand that. But that's the direction that we're headed in. Well, the Tigers, again, uh, get started in 2024 this weekend in San Luis Obispo, California, taking on Cal Poly for a four-game series. And looking forward to that getting started on Friday night. You can hear, you can hear uh, Mizzou baseball also here on KTGR. And Carrick Jackson, first-year baseball coach, joining us uh, here on the Big Show KTGR to preview the season. Thanks, Coach, for coming on. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks once again, and safe travels over to California, and good luck this weekend. Appreciate you. The Big Show is on KTGR and KTGR.com. As you might have been able to tell, that was recorded with Carrick Jackson earlier in the week. And now we know of some schedule changes for Mizzou's first series of the 2024 season. They are playing a doubleheader tomorrow. It'll start at 4 o'clock Central. Pre-game coverage will begin at 345. You can hear the entire series of Mizzou baseball this weekend at our website, KTGR.com. There will be a special streaming link where you can go and find the games. There will not be a game on Monday. There was originally scheduled uh, for the final game of that series to be on Monday, but instead they've switched it to a doubleheader tomorrow, and then Saturday and Sunday for now are unchanged, but we'll keep you up to date on any schedule changes there. Thanks again for joining us here on The Big Show. Thank you also to Natalie Jones of ABC 17 for joining us as well. We will be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock, another edition of the Picks of the Week. This time it'll be all college basketball, so you won't want to miss that. He's Brendan. I'm Andy. We're done for now.